Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. You can find more of them like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcast. Simply search the KYMN Radio Podcast. 95.1, the one station where our playlist goes on for days. Joining us now in our studios is Northfield City Administrator Ben Marty. Morning, Ben. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thank you. Did you enjoy the defeat of Jesse James days this past week? Yeah, how could you not? It was beautiful weather and fun activities, and you could just see the excitement in everybody's eyes just to be out and about doing some uh, fun stuff. Oh, absolutely. Agree with you 100% there. It was, uh, did, did everyone's heart good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Had main laws down, and they, they had a good time. So. Good, good. Let's talk about the work session you had last night. Um, just a couple of things. Things were discussed, uh, but uh, as work sessions go, you have to discuss them in detail. Uh, what was uh, the uh, water system study? Uh, tell us about that. That's, uh, well, you, I'll let you put it in your words. Yeah, uh, this is the start to a discussion as it relates to a potential new water treatment system that we'll be needing in the city of Northfield. So we did a uh, report that had been planned and completed by Boltman Mink and Bar Engineering. Uh, it's in response to some new uh, regulations, monitoring rules that are out there, um, and uh, really cities across Minnesota dealing with that. The sample in Northfield, uh, as indicated with some of our water sa- water sampling, that the city's wells have elevated levels of manganese in the drinking water. We've talked about it on the radio with you before mm-hmm. uh, related to that. It's above the guidance level of the Department of Health for, uh, in infants uh, and uh, also for uh, women who are pregnant uh, also uh, is at an elevated level where basically at that level it's recommended not to have infants drink the water uh, with too much manganese due to potential issues related to development, learning, and behavior problems that can come about that. Um, over one, there's no issues as far as age go and the guidance, so there's no concerns there. So the water study is really taking a look at how we might lower those level of manganese uh, in the water supply to provide all of our residents with a safe level of water. It's pretty difficult on your own to to take it out. Uh, You'd need an uh, an RO system, um, which some people have, but those can be pretty expensive on an individual basis for people to do that and also just making sure we're continuing to educate everybody out there. So our goal would really be to have um, safe drinking water for everybody to have available for them with that. Manganese is a naturally occurring um, mineral, I guess, in the mm-hmm. in the water, and so it's not it's not something that's coming. It's not a pollution coming from somewhere. It's kind of natural uh, issues that we have with that. So, really taking a look at how do we treat that? Is that a, an issue that has been rising? I mean, is the manganese level at one point lower than it is now? And is it is it just us or just our water supply? A lot of questions for you here, Ben. I'm not sure how many answers you have on this. I'm not about uh, the sure of the history of it. I would say the the um, studies have become more recent, and that's why they're changing some of their guidance related to manganese. Mm-hmm. Is over time they've found that there are these issues with it. So I'm not sure that historically what the you know whether there's elevated. I think it's just been in our. We have a very plentiful water supply in Minnesota, um, but I think these nutrients. And they also talked about iron um, being in in the ground as well. Uh, we don't have as much iron problems in Northfield, and that's where you get, get to see more of the things where you might have orange staining and that kind of a thing on mm-hmm. your sinks. Um, we don't have that challenge as much, but you know, there are these things in there. So basically looking at how do you, how do you remove that from the system, and 
really what it would take is um, when they took a look at that, they were looking at our, they wanted to look at our demand. So they also wanted to look at water supplies as part of the study, uh, treatment options and um, a new treatment plant, space needs analysis and staffing review. So basically it was a pretty comprehensive review on what would it take to do that. And um, we're, we've been pretty fortunate, very fortunate from a cost standpoint in particular to basically kind of not have we basically get our raw water do some minor treatment with that and applications and get it out to people so it's pretty cost effective to do that however uh, we, we know that many cities have really transitioned to doing this kind of level of treatment because of these issues um, so we're really looking at um, the recommendation that came forward was to look at uh, initiating a new water treatment plant to be constructed and built in the future to deal with this treatment and um it's pretty expensive uh, cost. The, uh, there are three different alternatives they took a look at in, in the systems, and you're looking at about a $33 million project with that new treatment plant, some added operational costs and staffing costs that we would have that. Uh, could do some financing with that, but would really be something that's probably a four-year process from, the, from now to when we might be um, actually having it kicking into place, and uh, this is the initial study related to that. Mm-hmm. So these the the dollars you're talking now the thirty three million that's in twenty twenty one dollars. Uh, we have no idea what the it may cost by the time the process kind of works its way through. Yeah, that's a good question, Jeff. On my notes in front <laughs> of me, I I don't remember if they pre- projected that out based on um, the the four years out estimate, but um, uh, you're probably right. They're probably basing it on our current numbers um, with that, uh, and there there could be some rising costs with that as well, but. Um, the the individual cost to our rate users would be pretty significant. So that level of a cost, like I said, we've been pretty uh, fortunate with the low-cost water system we have currently. You pay about $70 per month per household, and it would basically be doubling that cost if we went to the recommended option. Mm-hmm. So an additional $70. Now, um, per residential user, it's like 18 but I would say you know average household size, maybe around two to four people is probably going to see that kind of an increase depending on water usage i guess as well but um so it's something that we're going to have a lot more discussions about Mm -hmm. we're going to have public uh, engagement uh, with that and this is kind of a discussion we also took a look at the recommendations also took a look at where this might go um the um Prairie Creek School was the area that had been planned and identified back in, I think, the 70s or 80s as a location for a new plant. The town has really grown around that site, though. It's heavily used for soccer and um, activities. And um, so we did take, <clears throat> we do have a well there. So they did take a look at a new new plant uh, site further east and um, Hall Avenue over by the Water Tower site is, or Maple Street south of Meadows Park or a couple of other alternative sites that we took a look at as possible locations. And um, these plants are, you know, treatment plants, but it's not like a wastewater treatment plant. It's basically kind of like a large office building. So they've been designed well, even those other areas, which is actually being recommended to not go at the Prairie Creek um, school site. Um, the recommendation is to go over to the Hall Avenue or the Maple Street South 
they are they can be very attractive and mm-hmm. designed to be able to fit in well with a residential area because we do know that those are growth areas for the city as well from from kind of our housing uh, planning that we we do with the city. So to be clear on this, there are two different. Uh, you have the wastewater treatment plant out on the uh, north side of town that we spent quite a bit of money uh, improving in recent years. That's going to stay. This is a separate, different facility for treating new water. Is that correct? Yeah, we have, uh, I don't remember the street, but we have an existing kind of water plant that's tucked into a residential area not Mm -hmm. too far from City Hall, and uh, it's probably some people driving by it besides maybe a small sign that we have. You might not even notice that it's there, so this would be relocating that um, and building a new one. Uh, Yes, so that's drinking water. Uh, where you know uh, where we have our wells that come in, uh, and then we have to do you know some level of treatment, um, and then we have our water towers that help with the water pressure and the storage uh, system for that, and then the wastewater treatments more through the toilets and the waste mm-hmm. that goes out in the stream. We have to treat that on the back end. Now they do tie together. We actually talked about that last night as well in evaluating these water systems because sometimes you have to there's water waste sometimes as it relates to removing some of these contaminants in the process and some are better at recirculating and reusing those than others because we also don't want to overload our wastewater plant related to treatment of some of our water systems as well so they're really they're really taking a look at a full sustainability uh, standpoint related to that. In fact, the plant itself, we're, we're looking at ways to have um, uh, renewable energy as part of that uh, related to trying to be, meet our zero, uh, net zero carbon goals that we have for this for the city. So if we're looking at a new facility, how might we do that? So on-site solar or community solar might be possibilities. And they're using kind of a the industry's best model as it relates to kind of a a review certification program related to um, sustainable, sustainability, sustainable design as we take a look at this as well, because we know um, even though Minnesota has plentiful water, we do also want to be sensitive to uh, it's a limited natural resource that we want to really not waste as well. Uh, ben Martig is with us, and uh, that is a conversation. We're having a conversation right now on the uh, water system uh, survey that was done, and will be our study that was done. We'll be talking about that a lot more. As you mentioned, this is just the first step in the process. So let's move on to the budget. We'll be talking about that a lot more, too, as uh, 2021 closes out here in the next few months. But you had uh, a work session on that and uh, getting some guidance to uh, where we can uh, tweak that budget a little bit. What was discussed last night? Yeah, so we're heading up to a key milestone. We have uh, several months now, July and August, pretty heavy on our budget review. And then we've had some close, two different closed sessions with the city council, which is um, related to labor contract negotiations that ties in with our budget. So we've been having, you know, double our meetings, I guess, as it relates to that and come a couple of those because it's related to negotiating. We can go into closed session related to that in order to do strategy negotiations. Um, uh, there's been a little extra work, but um, with that as well, um, uh, with our contracts and, and, and labor contracts up and the work done with the budget. We do have um, coming up ahead a key milestone next week where by the end of the month we have to sit set a preliminary budget and levy for the city of Northfield. And the property tax levy is one of our primary sources of revenue to run our, our city operations. Again, you're familiar with this, Jeff, but for the listeners, again, as a reminder, we, this preliminary levy is a maximum levy that we can set under the uh, state law, uh, they can decrease it after that point, uh, but they uh, can't increase it after that point in time. 
because of those labor negotiations, we're behind schedule a little bit because usually one of the the, the first meeting in July, you know, I have de- usually would have debt service. You already have borrowing already set on our street infrastructure. That's already going up 2.8%. Levy increases being driven by debt. So basically investing in our infrastructure, things like the underpasses related to the roundabout are, are hitting our our debt uh, fund. And so we, we knew that was there. What we didn't have was some of our estimated wage costs because we are doing, we've been basically every five, six years, we do a full uh, compensation analysis to make sure we're on par with other communities competitively for attracting and retaining a quality workforce. And we know that that's a challenge for everybody these days with workforce. And then we've also done this year a benefits analysis, um, which we haven't really done uh, in recent history to kind of look to see how we, we match up there. So we kind of got a good handle on uh, that base wage just recently, and we know that to be basically in the middle of our comparable cities for for benefits and wages for the city employees, just that alone is going to just require a 4.3% increase in our levy based on our current revenue and expense estimates. Um, so right off the bat there, you've got um, uh, about 7 7 a little bit over 7% increase in our preliminary levy projections. We also have some city pos- staffing positions that are hitting uh, the, the general fund this year, our sp- Spanish translation, uh, where we have a halftime position with the body cameras that we're installing with the police department. We have an evidence tech position, and then with some of our climate work, um, so we had a grant that's ending with that. So that's an additional uh, a little under 2%. So these are kind of stacking Ooh. on top of each other yeah. for the preliminary levy. And then we we have just kind of 3% other kind of different things, a little bit more dollars into our park fund, a little bit more dollars in our city facility funds and other things. When you add all of those up, just to get to that point, on our preliminary numbers, we're at about 11.8% preliminary tax levy that we'd be taking a look at with that. In addition, though, we've also been taking a look at some additional city positions um, to potentially add um, that there's a need. One of them, for an example, is the police department did a study and indicated a need for another patrol officer. We've been talking about an additional public works position to to deal with um, being an expert in plant and tree management and help coordinating some of our people taking care of the landscaping around town, the downtown community development. We're looking at merging with the NDDC contract to bring a position in-house for that service, some communications and others. And if you add all of those up, um, those positions as options that the council has been taking a look at, um, that would add um, about an additional uh, 4% on top of that uh, should the council want to do that. So basically, um, for a preliminary tax levy, the you know the average household for the city taxes pays about just under $1,700 per year um, in city taxes uh, paid. And um, right now we're we're looking at again the preliminary because we're behind a little bit on our budget review just to keep options and discussions open they're actually looking at a preliminary tax levy probably somewhere around the 15 percent amount so double digit uh preliminary levy <laughs> if that were to go into effect that translate to um a total annual increase of about 245 dollars a year for the typical home or 20 dollars per month um again this is if you look at historically over the past few years we had a 
3.7% final levy last year. We had a 9.4% increase in 2020. In that year, we did add some additional staffing. 2019, we had a 4.9%. So um, this is definitely outside of the norm as a preliminary levy. It's pretty common, though, that we drop that down. And do want to emphasize again, Jeff, that we are behind a little bit here on our schedule. I'd say about a month because of these labor issues that we didn't mm -hmm. have the numbers really in front of us. Uh, we'll be taking a look to, to see what we can do, but um, we'll be bringing that to the council next week. That would be what we would base our the tax statements, the estimated tax statements that go out at the end of November. That's what that number would be based on, whatever set as a preliminary tax levy. Um, so I anticipate that there will be work and some changes coming uh, th th with that and uh, some significant budgetary changes, I think, between now and then um, that could impact that levy, likely to impact that levy. Looking at some reserve funds, we got some of these federal funds to work with. So we'll probably do be doing a lot more public education in November than maybe we would do, depending on the, the changes the council uh, did. But um, this is more of a marathon and a sprint, and although we're not as far along as we'd like to be, um, there seemed to be support of the city council after discussing last night to, uh, to at this point in the game, leave it at that higher, a higher amount just to keep all, all options open as we move forward in the budget process. Wow. It's 15%. We haven't seen that anywhere. <laughs> right. All right. We'll talk about that more in the future. Ben, we're out of time. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Certainly appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you uh, in the mayor next week. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Ben Martig, Northfield City Administrator. As the restaurant.